2: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com recommend today.
3: Ready. Buffalo Bills Game Day on
2: the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Alright, here we go. Here we go. We gotta have a drive.
1: 23 rap. Left. 23 left. rep. This is the Buffalo Bills Overtime Show. Here's Derek
4: Kramer.
5: Alright, everybody, good evening. Nick Geary in here for the overtime show on WGR. The Bills drop a heartbreaker of 21-19 on the road to the Miami Dolphins. Not for, uh, not for nothing. The Bills put up a darn good fight in this game. It simply was not enough. And um, I, there's a lot of things you can point to in this game. A lot of disappointment, I think, um, as you looked at how this game ultimately finished. And I think it really comes down to... Plays that should have been. Um, I mean, the Bills beat themselves in this football game, and I think the the tough part about this is you watch the Miami Dolphins team walk off the field um, in a fan base that is act like they've won the Super Bowl um, because you know, frankly, the Bills defense played better than I thought they would. I mean, the Bills forced five punts tonight, only gave up 21 points, and it, the Bills offense couldn't put the ball in the end zone enough times, and the Bills. Missed a, a bad field goal, and the and Josh Allen skipped a touchdown pass to go up and and take a late lead in this game, and you know, and then he muffs a a snap and has to throw the ball to, to Stephon Diggs instead of taking you know, uh, and spiking the football because if he spikes the football there, it's likely a called grounding play because he fump, he bobbled the snap. So, uh, just you know, it feels like an opportunity lost for the Bills, and they're now zero seven in close in in one score games dating back to 2020 like that that's an area of concern for me that this team in close matchups has not been able to find ways to win a football game that is a concern to me that if they can't win by 10 they can't win at all And, and I think that's something this team has to really kind of look inward on and figure out how to win games when they're close and in in the fourth quarter and you know you need your superstar all pro mvp caliber quarterback to play that way in the waning seconds, in the red zone, this is a team that did not do enough when they got to the red zone in this game. Just plain and simple, they did not do enough. And Josh Allen finishes the game forty-two to sixty-three. They got to find a running game, man. I mean, I, I know in in this game, and and I, I, listen, I'm all for the Bills throwing as much as they want to throw, but I mean, short of one 43 yard Zach Moss run, this offense did nothing on the ground. Devin Singletary finishes the day nine of thirteen. Josh Allen can't be the only guy in this offense that does stuff. Like they need this backfield to start stepping up. And we saw James Cook, you know, get involved in the pass game and you know, Devin Singletary nine catches on the day. That I think a lot of that is a result of the game plan. Um I think a lot of it's the result of the game plan on defensively. And listen, the the, the Dolphins blitzed the crap out of the Bills. I mean, abs- I mean, just every play blitzed the crap out of the Bills. And the Bills' answer to it was to dump it down, find the running back, find the tight end, find the hot route. And that's fine. And, you know, that's how they worked their way down the field. But a really, you got to be able to make teams pay when they're bringing all-out blitzes. And the best way to make a team pay when they're bringing all-out blitzes is be able to run into it and, and make one guy miss and you're off to the races. And that just was not – really at all, it's something that happened today, and this team needs to figure out ways to run the football effectively, and I think we've all been saying this for some time now, and again, they're a very good passing football team, one of the best passing football teams in football, but in games like today, in the red zone, you have to be able to turn around and hand the ball off, you just gotta, you need someone in this backfield to step up, and Zach Moss up until that run, has been absolutely anemic when he gets the football. I mean, just, you know, immediately has a guy in his face in the backfield, and it's over. Like, they, they need to find ways to alleviate the pressure that exists on Josh Allen. He is just—this offense—now listen, every elite quarterback, it is the offense goes as they go. But, man, if Josh Allen— just way too reliant on Josh Allen. Just way, way too reliant. They need to find ways to supplement a competent run game. I don't know if it's scheme-related, the guys up front, um, but you know I, I, they're searching for answers, and they've got to find them here very, very soon. 23 for 115 ends up masking what should have been a terrible overall number from this game. I mean, again, you take away a 43-yard run, And you're 23 carries for, and you're probably less than three yards a carry. And Devin Singletary, 1.4 yards a carry is terrible. And four for 46 for Zach Moss, you take away that 4.3, he's averaging less than one yard a carry. It just can't happen. They need to be better. They need to find ways to get their running backs involved in this football game outside of the passing game. And until they do that, I'm not sure they're going to be capable of winning close games. They've got to find ways when they get near the goal line to get some push up front and be able to trust their running backs to get positive yards and not get hit in the backfield. And, you know, we could go back to that fourth down play where the Bills decide to kick the field goal and go up six. And you know, I just I I, I would like a more even application of this team's fourth down usage, right? I think in that moment, what good is going up six? I think you want to seal the game. You want to go for that fourth down and four on the 20. I think you want to do that. So a lot to take from this game. A lot of lessons learned. And the Bills got to be better. I mean, there's just, there's no two ways about it. Uh, offense, defense, special teams. Um, and I, the most unfortunate part of this is Thomas Morse said, punts the ball into, you know, Shurfield's back. Uh, it, literally his butt. Uh, on in, in the end zone for a safety, and now all the Bills need is a field goal to win the game, and Morstead just uncorks like a 70-yard punt on the free kick, pins the Bills back. I mean, that was, that was it. I mean, that was a huge factor in the game. Thomas Morstead had an unbelievable game short of that boneheaded play, and I don't know how much of that even his fault. Just, you know, the Bills' offense can't shoot themselves in the foot When you're down your top four, you know, your top four, your best four defensive players in the defensive backfield, not named Taron Johnson, of course, because I thought they played well. And I also think, what are you doing running? You know, what are you rushing three for on third and 22? What do you think they're going to do? Check it down? Come on, man. You know, you got to rush four blitz on that play. Like, you can't give Tua four seconds to hold the ball and uncork a deep ball in your cover two. You gotta, you gotta get after him on that play and rushing three and dropping back and leaving the middle of the field wide open is 13 second vibes all over again. You know, just in crunch time, the boneheadedness of this team sometimes. And, you know, this is the, in in close games, you're gonna play in a lot of close games when it comes to December, January, and February. You gotta learn how to win them. You just have to learn how to win them. And right now, they beat themselves. They beat themselves last year in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat themselves today, and right now the only team standing in the way of the Bills being the best team in football and being able to win a Super Bowl is the Bills. We saw it again today. You know, I just you need this coaching staff time and time again just is puts this team in in such great positions and the ability to overcome all the injuries and put you know make this a, a football game today. And then you do boneheaded stuff to, to close this game out, and that's that. You know, you can't skip a pass to Isaiah McKenzie when he's open. you got to hit him. You have to hit him. You need to rely on your quarterback to hit an open receiver on a five-yard out route. It's got to happen. 100 times out of 100. Just has to happen. So, I mean, just little to no excuses for me for blowing this game. You absolutely dominated the Miami Dolphins today. Dominated them every phase. The defense played better than I thought they would. I would say a lot better than I thought they would. One big play in the middle of the field that is a coaching error, frankly. I guess just stuff can't happen. It just can't, it cannot happen. 803 0550, your numbers to call. Let's get connected with the fans. And let's check in with Susan. Susan, you are on the overtime show. Welcome, Susan.
0: But uh, (laughs) yeah, a couple things. Um, like you said, if they had made that field goal, they could have gone into overtime. But let's forget about that and forget about all the things that didn't happen. You know, they could have happened, that didn't happen. And at one point, I think it was in the third quarter. Um, up on the screen, they put that the quarterback was sitting. Miami quarterback was sitting there for 28 minutes, resting on the sidelines. While Josh is out there, you know, busting ass and, you know, but, um, but the point, the one thing that I want to call about is the thumb, the thumb element. Um, If he jammed it really hard, you know, the, 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 and if they thought it was bad enough to take an x-ray, x-rays don't show tendons. They don't show the muscles. And so he could have jammed it really hard and he might get tenosynovitis because of that. And once the cold hits it, he won't be able to use that thumb. Now that it's been sprained and those tendons are damaged inside, Forget about it. The ball of that thumb is going to be so painful for him. And well, we don't know what
5: the injury is. And after the game, he said he was okay. I, You know, we don't I, – I don't think we should speculate on what the injury is or isn't. He got an x-ray. They, We don't even know if they were negative. So, I mean, after the game, in you know, with the media, typically if a player is injured, um, he doesn't meet with the media after a game. So it's at least a positive sign. That he was able to meet with the media after the game. He went into the X-ray room. He came out, met the media. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to speculate on what it did or didn't happen or what injuries are or aren't there. Um, we just we don't know, and 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 there's really no use in, in speculating for it. Let's go to Cliff. Cliff, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Cliff. I'm
6: I'm just really happy with the team. Uh, you know, I kind of went in thinking that we might be closer because of all the injuries and we gave them a good, good going. But I, my question is to you is does bills need to start thinking about possibly renting a player for the year? For example, like a defensive back or even like a running back, you say we need a true running back. Is it worth dropping a sixth and seventh round pick next year to pick up like a, a Bates from Cincinnati who's in a contract dispute to replace Micah Hyde or, do you think we just stay pat and just kind of, we? this is what we are? Um, hey, you know, I'm really proud that Buffalo is this. Like, we're upset, and we, have, we could make all the excuses in the world, and this team is legit. And I know you're upset today with the loss, but you know what? I, I still think this is the number one team. And I cannot wait to play Miami again. Have a good day, buddy.
5: Yeah, thanks for the call, Cliff. I appreciate you. Um, Let's go to Mitch. Mitch, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome, Mitch.
6: Hey, you you took a little bit of
7: my thunder with the the third down call. Third and 22. And we've seen McDermott Frazier defenses do this time and time again. It's about time that stopped. Third and 22, we rushed three guys. And what do we want to put more backup defensive backs on the field? The advantage we had was on the D-line. And they're bringing offensive linemen in and out. Um, terrible, terrible call. And your point about the running back is spot on too. When are we going to get a guy, let's say six foot two, two forty, who can fall forward for a first down on third and one? Did we draft Cook, who's basically the same guy as uh, Singletary and Moss? We basically have three guys uh, that can't get a first down on third and one.
5: Yeah, but Mitch, you know, and and what I'll say about the running backs. Thanks for the call. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't agree that they're kind of all the same. I mean, I I actually think they're all very different. I just I think the guy that Zach Moss was supposed to be, um, and he just really hasn't been that. I mean, he hasn't been that physical runner, physical downhill guy. It just it it hasn't really materialized the way that. Excuse me. Um, it just has not really materialized with Zach Moss, and and today he breaks off that forty three yard run and good on him. Um, But the physical, the physicality, the in-between-the-tackles guy that, you know, makes guys miss, I mean, that that's not what he is. And I, I think that's what we all thought he was, Um, but he's just not. So with Devin Singletary, you know, he's great at making a guy or two miss, but I think right now the Bills are having a tough time getting blocked up front. You know, I think plain and simple, and, and it doesn't help that you've got your third string center in there at the end of the game, um, in Greg Mans. you've got, you know, Tommy Doyle playing right guard, who was drafted as a right tackle, you've got, at right tackle, David Questenberry, uh, so like, you know, they're, they're down three offensive linemen in this game, and you're down your center Mitch Morse to go into the game and start it, so, you know, I think they need some continuity along the offensive line, and I think that'll matter in this game, but... You know, I think for me, it's not that. It's not that this game. What what is to me about this game is that it's just frustrating as hell. Because Bills had every every chance to win this football game. They should have won this football game, and they didn't. That's the frustration, right? I mean, that's the frustration for all of us. Is that you watch this game and you feel, how don't they figure out a way to win it? How don't they, you know, just one play really? They they need one play in this game, and they don't get it. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can blame the injuries. You can blame – there's a lot of things you can blame in this game. But they just did not make enough plays when it mattered the most to win. And I don't know that I want to say that the Miami Dolphins made more plays. They, I don't think they did. So, it's it's tough. And, you know, at the same time, Gabe Davis has got to make that catch in the end zone. And Matt Milano's got to make that interception because it's a pick six. And that doesn't that goes without the other mistakes this team made as well. So yeah, I mean just as as frustrating as it gets from that perspective, let's get to do another phone call. Let's go to Ray. Ray, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Ray.
8: Uh, you know, I'm very proud of our team, very proud the way they played. I'm gonna write off just a few bullet points. I need Von Miller to be more visible. I'm sorry, one play and whatever that was third down. We we need to hit we needed him to step up. Secondly, the Miami defense, as lopsided as those stats were, they made it very uncomfortable. For sure. And and then the team, I mean, as lopsided as that was, it didn't seem like it was that lopsided. Which leads me to my final point is I thought Allen played very good. He played hard like a bull. But I saw shades of his first year. I saw a lot. I don't look for in-depth stuff. And this whole phone call is the same as it would have been whether they won or lost but I saw shades of the first year. A lot of throwing off the back foot. I saw a lot of floaty passes. I didn't
5: see him stepping into things. Um, oh, I'm, I'm just not, Ray, I don't know how he could. I no, mean, he I know, had...
8: I know, and maybe may that's it. But, you know,
5: it's tough. But,
8: but then the other thing was, um, you know, that decision. Maybe it's a rules thing that you said, but the end of the first half, that's something he would have done his first year. Spike it, or if you're going to do a trick play with Diggs, at least send him. <laughs> that that done nothing. I don't understand why he did that, which ended up... Could have cost us the game, but those are some shades. I mean, I still love him. He's, he did great. He did better than his first year. But those are some of the things I saw that it's like, is he reverting back? Like It seemed like yeah. the old things came back.
5: I'll tell you, Ray, on that play, so because he bobbled the snap, if he throws the ball down to spike it, it's going to be an intentional grounding penalty. So that's the problem on that play. And, yeah, you could have, you know, in that split-second moment, Allen realizes he can't spike the ball. And if he throws it out of bounds, he just clocks it himself because the ball there's three seconds left. He throws it out of bounds. The clock is ticking until until it hits zero. So his choice there, the 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 right decision, is throwing it into the ground a foot in front of Stephon Diggs. But you know, again, that's it's hindsight. It's a split second decision, and this team beat themselves in in very tense very small moments in this football game there was just a lot of little things in really important moments with very little time on the clock there's a very small margin for error in the times the bills made errors today they just you know it's it's tough but to your point Ray I listen throwing off his back foot and some of the stuff he had guys in his face all day I mean you know they were bringing six seven eight guys. Every single play, and eventually, you know, time and time again, the Bills' answers were to hit the hot route and and dump it off to the running back and to the, into the tight end, and you know, have Stephon Diggs stop at the line of scrimmage and make the catch. And that those were the right plays, but you know, you're right. I just they time and time again, um, that defense just kept bringing the wood to this offense. It blitz after blitz after blitz after blitz, and it was hard to uh, you know, it was just it it was. It was a difficult day for Josh to to say, hey, Josh, sit in the pocket and make throws, step into throws when you've got three defenders that are free rushers in your face. It's just, it's not easy. It's certainly not easy. Let's go to uh, Tommy. Tommy, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Tommy. You there, Tommy? Hello. Yes, you're on the overtime show. Welcome.
9: Hello?
5: Yes, Tommy, you're on the air. You know, the running
9: game. We haven't had a running game for the last, like, three years. And, you know, we're always using Allen, third and short, uh, goal line situations. It seems to me these guys are a dime a dozen, these big guys that can just kind of get in there. We should just try to trade for kind of like uh, like a Stevenson from New England, like drop a third rounder on someone like that. Um, There's tons of players. You got Jamal Williams. Like, there's all kinds of guys out there. I don't know why we keep going with the. Like, Zach Moss is terrible. So he had his 40 his yard rush, big deal. But he's not, you can't use him at the goal line. Singletary, you can't use him at the goal line. Why can't we just get a, a running back that we know we can count on in that short yardage situation? It's pretty much what I'm
5: thinking. Yeah, and Tommy, I tell you that it's you know running backs. Teams that have running backs aren't usually trading them away. And at this point in the year, you know the Bills have limited cap space, and you know I don't see them trading future assets to to acquire a running back when they've spent a third round, a third round, and a second round pick in three consecutive years on their running back room. They're not getting the returns on it. I, you know, I and I don't do, do you. I to me I could be convinced that you know trying to go back and bring up you know uh, elevate Duke Johnson as, as a as a potential solution I could be convinced of that um but you know in in terms of going out and trying to sign somebody at this point I I think we're grasping at straws at that point Tomorrow on WGR it's Buffalo Bills Football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next gets um sorry get started at Northwest Dot com. Howard and Jeremy break the game down in the morning, then the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker at noon. Show up in Bulldog at 3, they'll have Eric Wood at 4, and it's 8 p.m. Monday Night Football as Westwood One presents Cowboys at Giants. Buffalo Bills Football Monday all day on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. Let's connect with one more fan before we take a timeout. Let's go to DJ. DJ,
4: you are uh,
5: on the Overtime Show. Welcome, DJ. How's
4: it going, fellas? Good. So I just want to say to all the Bills fans, they're, they're, I feel like some guys are hitting the panic button because we took the L tonight. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm confident after this L. It doesn't matter. Our like, Look at our secondary. We are banged up, and we still have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, no touchdowns, nothing. They did nothing. So in our team, we have depth. I'm not afraid of nobody. They took the L tonight, but I'll take, I'll take it over anybody. We've taken the AFCS. At the AFC East this this year, we're taking it. No doubt. In my
9: mind, we're taking it.
5: Well, thanks for the call, DJ. I, I would say I have not lost confidence. Um, I would tell you that, again, I my, my take on the game is they beat themselves. And um, they can't do that. And at the end of the day... Until you can clean up the mistakes, until you can find a running game, um, you know, teams are going to feast on you. And Josh Allen cannot throw the ball 63 times a week. It just, they need to alleviate some of the pressure all of the game, the entire game. You can't be your leading rusher and your leading thrower every single week. You need someone to give some help. Um, and I think it starts with the guys up front. They've got to do a better job opening holes for these running backs. It can't just all be on the running backs. The running backs can't be making moves at the line of scrimmage, evading, you know, unblocked guys every single time. They're going to need help. All right, we're going to take a timeout on the other side. We'll continue taking focus. i got three open phone lines. Give us a shout. 716-803-0550. 1-888-552-550 is toll-free. Tonight, 8 p.m. on WGR Sports Radio 550. Westwood One presents 49ers at Broncos. Sunday Night Football on WGR is brought to you by New York's Outlet Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case and buy Armor Heat. Do it right the first time. More overtime show on the other side here on WGR.
4: Singletary was wide open. Snap, Josh. Back to throw. Fires down the middle. Caught by McKenzie. Into the end zone. Touchdown. He caught it at the two and he sailed into the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown for the Bills. you want to continue
5: to make a blitz, Josh Allen, he's going to make you pay. There is too much talent at receiver for the Bills if you do not get home, if you keep bringing... That Josh Allen will make you pay and he does it right there, he's throwing a crossing route to Isaiah McKenzie again off his back foot. And all he's got to do is lob it out there. He's wide open on the play. Shotgun snapped to Bridgewater.
1: Pressured bounced around and he is dropped. He is sacked. Back at the 32-yard line, brought
10: down
5: by Greg Russo in his hometown. Greg Russo gets a critical sack. Okay, welcome back to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Geary here, taking your phone calls. We'll get you an eye on the quarterback on the other side. In the meantime, let's get, let's get connected with our fans. Let's go to Jim, who's been waiting patiently. Jim, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome.
11: Hey, good
7: afternoon. Hey, I wonder if you could just comment. It seems to me that on both sides of the ball, we saw uh, Miami playing with 12 guys on the field, and the, their 12th player was those guys in white and black. Uh, multiple times you, you you see calls that were so uh, egregious uh, you see that call on Milano when he gets a uh, unsportsmanlike conduct or a necessary roughness on the on the quarterback and then you see dawson Knox get cranked with a to the helmet uh, right to the face uh, and there's no call on that um, and then the holding call you know, at the end which took us out of field out a field goal range um, just your comment on that maybe i was just biased in my in my eyesight watching it but like your opinion. Thank you.
5: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the call, Jim. Um, they're going to call that roughing the passer a lot. Um, the ball's out. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a push and it's not a shot to the head. It's not a low blow, but it's after the play, and they're going to. Listen, I mean, even when a quarterback gets injured, it's almost always going to be a pass or a, a roughing the passer penalty. And you know, I, I think there's maybe a couple of gripes. I mean, my maybe my biggest gripe from this game is the final play. I mean, the rough. I know it's not his job to sprint, but, I mean, just zero sense of urgency um, from the referee and the line judge bringing the ball to spot it so the Bills could, could you know, spike the ball. That that was the one that frustrated me the most, I think. But from back from this game, I mean, I think the personal foul penalty in the end zone on Jaquan Johnson, you know, it's a defenseless receiver. I mean, that just is – that's you he's a young guy, and that's a mistake that you don't want to see him make, but he makes it, and, you know, so be it. But, um, yeah, overall – the refs weren't great. The refs aren't great in the NFL period. So, you know, I'm not going to use this game as some kind of uh, measuring stick on, you know, why they're refereeing and, and are the referees picking on the bills or something. I, They've been bad all year. They they, they were bad last year. They were bad the year before. Uh, it's a league. It's a league with, I think, refereeing and officiating issues. And I think they know it and they've been doing things to mitigate it. But, you know, there was no penalty. There was no you know, call from this crew that ultimately affected the game. Um, you know, frankly, the if if you want to look at something, and and again, I th- this is not me saying that. You know, Tua coming back, Tua, Tua should have been out of the game, and the Bills win. I mean, the, probably. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't doing a damn thing. Teddy Bridgewater stinks. Um, but I think the league should be embarrassed of itself um, with allowing Tua back in the game, and then and then the Dolphins coming out and 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 giving information to Ian. Ian Rapoport should be embarrassed um that's that's nonsense tweeting that what he tweeted during the game that you know it's a back injury that is nonsense that is absolute nonsense. Everyone in the stadium watched the back of his head hit the ground. that was a concussion, and you as an independent neuro neurologist that's supposed to be watching that game, you cannot watch that play and let that player go back in the game that to me is embarrassing for the league. And the the Dolphins deservedly will, I believe, get fined a hefty amount from the league because that cannot happen. And that's why you have an independent neurologist supposed to be in that position, not a team physician. I don't know I just, you know, as someone this is more for the health of Tua because as someone myself who had multiple head injuries, that is as that is just it's to me it's sickening that an independent neurologist watched him wobble around, and then the team told Ian Rapoport, or the PR staff told Ian there there's a freaking back injury. That was not a back injury. That does not happen with back injuries, I promise you. It was egregious. It was embarrassing for the league. The league should be embarrassed, and I hope the league does something about that because that's not, that's not what the rule was created for. The rule was not created for teams to move around it. It was created to keep players safe. And I'm glad Tua was able to finish the game but man, just a—it's going to be a black eye for the league, and in a league that says they're taking things like this, the concussions, seriously—that's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Let's go. <coughs> excuse me. Let's go back to the phone. Let's go to Tristan. You're on the overtime show. Welcome, Tristan. Oh. Tristan, hey, you there?
7: What's going on, mate? All right. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah real quick, man. I got a couple things. Um, since you're, uh, you're you're talking about the head on tour. Um, I, I think it's definitely some incompetence on uh, whatever new or surgeon is back there, uh, you know, given, given whatever, I mean, I don't even know what the process is, but to do can cost. I mean, straight concussed. Uh Second thing is I'm going back to, um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you on the 60, uh, I think it was 62 passes or attempts uh, by Josh today. Do you think that had anything to do with that uh, game plan? And uh, also, um, I totally agree, dude. Uh, Josh Allen can't be our whole team every week, week in and week out. I mean, dude can't throw for 400 yards and rush the ball. And, and you know, Singletary Moss and uh, and Cook, I mean, I don't know what their numbers were. I didn't look at the stats. But I, I know, if, I mean, just nothing on the running game today. Um, and, again, I know our team's depleted. And I agree we should have won the game today. But, uh, I mean, it's just we're shooting ourselves in the foot certain things that That pass to McKenzie in the end zone. I mean, he has to make that. He has to make that completion, dude. Like you said, 100 out of 100 times. I don't know if his thumb is hurt or whatever the case may be, but the dude is open. You have to make it that that wins the game. I mean, I just, the stats are insane, dude. 40, I mean, 40 minutes and 20 seconds, and we still lose. I just don't get it. I don't know. Like, again, the play calling. With 62 passes, I don't know if that was, the, you know, w- what they wanted to do today. I'm not sure, but I agree with you, man. We got to get our, our our run game going and, uh, you know, can't depend on Josh on every single play, dude. I mean, just the dude's going to get wore out, man. I mean, I know he's an animal. I love him. But, uh, I mean, we got to have some kind of complimentary football. Uh, that's you know, the word.
5: Down. That's the word, Tristan. It's complimentary football. Thanks for the call, man. I mean, that that is – that's the word of the day, complimentary football. And, you know, listen, I think part of the game plan – it was very obvious that the Miami Dolphins intended to blitz Josh Allen on every single play. It That just was the game plan today. And they're – you know, I, I thought they had the answers. I You know, frankly, I, I think those hot – those hot routes, getting the ball out quick, um, not letting that pass rush get to you. Um, but you got to be able to pick your spots and be able to run into blitzes. Uh, you just you just have to. You have to have your offensive line win some one on one battles up front. I just I thought that the Bills did not win enough one on one battles at the line of scrimmage today, and I, that's you know not the sole reason they lost this football game, but it's one of many. Uh, you know they they lost battles at the line of scrimmage. They need Roger Saffold to you know win more one on one battles. They need you know they need they need Mitch Morse healthy and back. They need Spencer Brown healthy and back. They need Ryan Bates healthy and back. And, and hopefully, and I think a lot of them were heat-related. Um, I don't envy the Miami Dolphins. They, that defense played 90 plays, and they've got two days of practice, and they're turning around and playing on Thursday night. Um, I, I do not envy them. That's, that's a tough position to be in. The Bills played a ton of football today on the offensive side of the ball. The defense should be well-rested, um, and, and, and you know hopefully they'll have Jordan Poyer back next week. We'll see what happens with Dane Jackson, and you know we're a week closer to to seeing Tre'Davious White back, so a lot a lot of work to do for this Bills defense uh, or just the Bills def- and the Bills team in, in general, but I think most notably, I'm, I'm going to kind of look at it and harp on the Bills' inability to run the football really at any point. And I don't need them to run the ball with tons of frequency. I need them to run when they decide to run. They need to run it way more efficiently. Devin Singletary cannot average 1.9 yards a carry. Can't happen. And I need Zach Moss, outside of one good run, to not average less than a yard per carry, which is what happened today. And I, I think they need to try to find new ways, different ways of getting James Cook involved in this offense I loved some of the past plays that they brought him in for um, but overall they they need to find a back and it does not help that right now they're in a three team a three person committee and no one's getting an opportunity to really get any momentum rolling they need to find somebody commit to him, and let him play and um, right now that's not happening thanks for the call uh let's go to is that Jay Myers let's go to Jay you're on the overtime show welcome
6: yo
9: It's your boy, Jay Myers from D-Block. Hey, Matt, big Bills fan, number one Bills fan, but I'm losing a little faith in our Buffalo team. And I want to get your take on what needs to change next week because you know what? I have concern that Zach Wilson, the milk hunter himself, is going to take it to us.
5: Okay. Uh, Let's go to Rick. Rick, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Rick. Rick, you there? Too much. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, go so ahead. I'm
6: here. Can you hear me? Yep.
7: Yeah, I thought Singletary was dancing a little bit too much in the backfield instead of going north and south. That third and short play where the Bills went fourth on pork down, and Josh ended up putting the ball in his own hands. I thought it's saw Singletary dancing a little bit too much. Um, the defense. I don't. I don't think the Dolphins beat us. I think we gave the game away. Um, it, it, that was a freaking war. I mean, it, it, it yes, had. it was. Happy about. Not happy about the outcome, um, but to see—I mean—the amount of plays that were ran by the offense. You see those guys at the end of the game on the defensive side for the Dolphins and the offensive side on the ground sucking air. I mean, that's just way too much time for an offense to, to not execute, not put up the points, and not close the game out. And we had the opportunities, just gave it away.
5: Yeah, no, I mean they were you, you, sucking air. Is I guess the best way to put that. I mean that that's really, I. Them being on the field as much as they were, I mean, led them, I think, in in a lot of ways was the reason that they failed to make plays in the crunch time when they needed to make plays. Um, they just were absolutely winded. The 20-play drive. And and I heard somebody on the over uh, on post-game show with Mike and Chris talking about you know how the Bills should have been taking more shots downfield. I just don't know how you do that. There's not enough time in the pocket for Josh Allen to let those plays down the field develop. That's why you're getting rid of the football so quickly. You're getting rid of the football because Miami's blitzing the hell out of you in every single play. And you gotta make them pay. And the Bills just did not make them pay enough to push them away from stop blitzing. And the only way you can get the, the Dolphins out of blitzing is if you make them pay. They needed you know a guy to make a make a you know break a tackle and and, and take something and in, in, to the end zone they needed they needed to get some run plays in, into that blitz and they just it just didn't happen for them uh today that's 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 for certain 803 550 888 552 550 is your numbers to call give us a shout we got a couple open phone lines on the other side we'll continue taking calls next you're listening to the overtime show here on wgr All right, welcome back to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Erie here. Let's get a quick eye on the quarterback brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. Josh Allen in this game, pretty eye-opening numbers. 42, a career high in both completions and attempts in this game. 42 of 63, 400 yards, two touchdowns, and a 94.7 quarterback rating. Only 6.3 yards in attempt, though, uh, which is a number that's that's down quite a bit. If you look at his... uh, uh, you know, his chart after this game, his 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 passing chart, um, <clears throat> a lot of short passes, and a lot of that just had to do with what the Miami Dolphins defense was bringing this Bills offense all afternoon. We're going to hear from uh, Bills corner Kyer Elam. Before we do that, we're going to take one more phone call and then take a timeout. We've got a whole other hour. So if you're sticking on hold, if you're on hold stick there, because on the other side, we're going to continue taking a bunch of phone calls. You'll hear uh, from some additional players as well who were in the locker room and with Arcel Capaccio. Let's go to Brian. Brian, you're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for waiting, Brian.
12: Hey, guys. Uh, What I wanted to say was uh, the, it seemed like the play clock, clock uh,
6: kept getting run
12: down. So, I mean, it seemed like the Bills were always in a scramble, five, four, three, two, one, 4, trying to get plays off. So I, I, I noticed that. For some reason, we became obsessed with delayed handoffs today, and uh, that didn't work. I wish they would take that out of the playbook because that didn't work. Did anyone notice that Josh Allen was playing without digs the entire second half? I mean, he disappeared. Second and goal, you had one yard to get. You, why don't you run three dive plays there? Again, play calling was an issue. Okay, Allen ran out, and, yeah, we always expect him to get a, a touchdown there when he runs, or, yeah, he didn't get his feet set on fourth down, so he short-hopped that. Run three dive plays up the middle, and you win that game. And that bass missed kick, again, you're letting the play clock run, three, two, one, they have to run, run it quickly, snap it, and he shanked that play so I think a lot of that today was was play calling issues and getting too cute on the run and I don't and Gabe Davis was another one too was creating no separation all day I thought Allen played his guts out for as much as we can nitpick him on that one play without him you're not even close into this game so I really have no other thoughts other than Allen had to be superhuman today and he nearly was
5: yeah, thanks for the call, Brian. Agreed. Superhuman's the right word, and nearly was was also the right description, I would say. So, yeah, I kind of kind of hit on all the marks there. Eight oh three oh five fifty got an open phone line. Let's hear from Bill's rookie corner, Kyer Elam.
2: Kyer
8: Elam. But, uh, we're here from West Palm. What, uh, what was it like playing in front of families and friends and on this stage? Uh, I was just grateful for the opportunity.
13: Um, not, it was not ideal. Um, not the result we wanted but i mean i tried to go out there and just do my job and just try to have fun out there with
8: the injuries you guys had in the second area being thrusted in a bigger role what was that like for you today i think um i
13: i appreciate you know the coaches and staff believing in me to go out there and execute but um you know it's not the result i wanted so there's no moral victories or no happy ending, but just got to get back to working, get back to working, just keep striving.
6: How would you assess your play here in your first career start? Um,
13: I think I I did my job. Um, It's things we could have cleaned up, like, uh, communication-wise, but, I mean, I think I just did my job, and I didn't do enough to help this team win, so I just got to keep striving.
5: How challenging was it, conditions-wise, with with the heat, and and we saw guys going in and out? Yeah. um,
13: there's no excuse, but I mean the the, the heat uh, did have a lot of guys cramping. Um, I know I had to super duper hydrate every every single time I got off the field um, timeouts, but you know it's something that we can't let affect us because you know our goal is to keep continue to win, go one and zero every week. So um, it did play a part, but it's no no excuse.
4: You mentioned how, how special was it to have this this big moment, this um, you know monumentous moment at home here? Your, I'm assuming your dad was here and your family, uh, despite the loss. I mean, this is uh, this is history for you to be able to do this right here in your own backyard. Yeah,
13: I mean, I was super grateful for the opportunity. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I can't like dwell on it. I just have to keep striving to get better. But, you know, I think um, the sky's the limit for this football team. You know, we was all banged up and things like that, but it's, it's no excuse. Like we got to find out, figure out a way to win um, and I just got to find out how to make a play to help this team win and, and just keep stacking.
3: You mentioned that What's there were some uh, issues with communication without Jordan and Micah, you know, experienced guys back there to kind of lead that. Uh, how do you work through that and, and what were those uh, challenges? Um,
13: I don't think it was uh, – wait, you repeat
3: that one time? You, you had mentioned that the communication maybe could have been better in, in an earlier answer. And yeah. i just wondering how do you work through that, especially when, you know, Jordan and Micah who are veteran guys uh, aren't out there.
13: Um, just got to clean it up. You know, sometimes uh, I couldn't hear but I could see the, the signals. So just man just piggybacking off each other and just making sure we all know the cause and um, uh, Coverages and things like that. But I mean honestly, I think Quan and DeMar did a, a heck of a job um, You know, we just none of us did it enough to help us win um, And uh, It's just something we're gonna have to just keep keep striving and then just I know I'm gonna give it my all this week in practice and make sure we never lose again so
3: there was a
5: And that was Bill's rookie corner, Kyer Elam. We're going to take a timeout before we do. A reminder tomorrow on WGR. It's Buffalo Bills Football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest Howard and Jeremy break the game down in the morning, then the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker at noon, Chopin Bulldog at 3, featuring Eric Wood at 4, and at 8 p.m. it's Monday Night Football as Westwood 1 presents Cowboys at the Giants. Buffalo Bills football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. Timeout on the other side, more phone calls coming your way here on the Overtime Show on WGR. Ready! Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network.
2: All
14: right, here we go. Here we go. We got to have a drive. 23
4: left. 23 left. One, two, three.
1: This is the Buffalo Bills post-game show. Here's Nate
4: Geary. Hey,
5: everybody. Welcome back. Hour two of the overtime show getting underway here. We're going to hear from some more Buffalo Bills players. We're going to... Uh, Get you more check-in on some stats after this game. Before we do all that, let's get reconnected with our fans. And so let's go to the phones. Let's go to Walter. He's been waiting, waiting patiently. Walter, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome, Walter.
15: Hi. Thanks Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, you know, the, the one stat that really worries me is um, I think you had mentioned that the Bills are 0-7 in one-score games since 2020. Yep. And uh, and I And I said this last year when I called in. I, I think, and I like McDermott, but I, I think these moments are just too big for him. I think I think these types of games, you know, uh, go boil down to the coaching. Uh, I it's inconce- I know that we have a strong defense, but why aren't you blitzing more? Especially, and this may sound a little cruel, but I mean, why aren't you blitzing uh, Tua uh, after after he clearly should have not it back in the game? You know, I mean, I mean, his, his wobble that, you know, he should have been out. But you're not putting any pressure on him, especially on that big play. Um, then, you know, you're not using a fullback on the goal line. I mean, there's all these little things that I think the moment is, is too big for McDermott. And I think it is for Dorsey as well. And, like, I think there needs to be a serious conversation about, about, to get, we're a talented team, but how do we get to the next level, which is winning the the close games against relative, you know, good teams. Now Miami, I don't think is a good team. But we're going to become across some good teams and it's going to boil down to, to coaching. And and that's what really worries me. Uh, maybe you can expand a little bit about that. Yeah. Thanks
5: for the call, Walter. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, I, I don't really know what points to 0-7 in their last, you know, one score games i i, I don't i don 't know really know where to pin that blame. Uh, I could tell you that it 's probably a little bit of everything, a little bit of pearl clutching listen it 's Th- those are moments that you know. I think the Bills are going to need to figure out how to be better in to if they're ultimately going to win a Super Bowl. I, I I think the first thing they got to do is find a way to get healthy. I mean, this is just an unprecedented run of injuries that they just have not experienced in the Sean McDermott's time here in Buffalo. They've they've been incredibly lucky over the last five years of just you know really missing the least amount of man time, um, the least amount of games missed in the entire league over the last five years, and you know it's. As they say, the roosters are, are are coming to crow, or whatever. The roosters are, whatever. I don't know what the saying is. I wish I knew, but you you get my point. It's it's they're they're getting an unlucky stretch here to start the season. I just it's an unprecedented run of unluckiness. It's uh it's it's downright incredible to me that uh, that they're dealing with the issues that they're dealing with uh, at at the at the injury right now. I mean, the injury report tomorrow is going to be stunning. Uh, would, what I is what I would imagine. Thanks for the call, Walter. Let's go to Jim. Jim, you are on the overtime show. Welcome, Jim. Yeah,
11: Again, I'm just calling in regards. You know what? This reminds me of the Bills when they played the Giants, you know, in the Super Bowl. You know, you get all excited, you know, Buffalo's gonna come in and hey, they should win the game. You know, I, I just don't understand what we're doing as a team when it comes to games like this, and we're gonna go in and we're gonna give Miami that much. You know, for their offense and their defenses. Oh, they're that much better than Buffalo? No, they're not. What is going on with Buffalo? Why did they get games like this and they just shut down like Josh Allen? You know, all right. You got the ball. You have a chance to kick a field goal and then all of a sudden you're gonna get the ball. You you fumbled a little bit and then you don't spike it. You try to, you know, get some yardage out of it. Well, well he, he it couldn't help. He,
5: he couldn't spike it anymore.
11: Oh, he couldn't? I didn't I thought he said they had like four seconds on it. No,
5: so time. when he bobbled the snap, if he would have If he would have spiked the ball, it would have been an intentional grounding because he took a step away. So, when the quarterback gets the snap, it has to immediately go down as a spike. And if it doesn't, it's a grounding penalty. So, like his best bet, and like I was talking to another caller earlier in the show, is they're like, you know, why didn't he just throw it out of bounds? And the problem with that is he throws it out of bounds. There's three seconds left. The clock's going to run out either way there. So, in a perfect world, he's got a split second to make the decision there. He did a smart thing, which was not throw it in the dirt, because then it's a grounding penalty. Lost it down, and they're out of field goal range, anyways. And I think it's a ten second runoff, so the time would have run off the clock, anyways.
11: What about clock management in this game? I mean,
5: yeah, you know, like, there you got a gripe I there. Mean, I mean, I just,
11: I just see some plays that they 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 should have made, and and Josh Allen looked like you know, like you know, for instance, he kind of looked like he did when they played the Jaguars last mm. last year. And you know, I mean like he was nervous. Like I'm like, Josh, just go out there and throw the ball. You you got a you know, a, a good play to make and you can throw that to McKenzie. and you throw it into the ground. I'm like, what is going on?
5: Yeah, he didn't and, he did and, not and, set his feet point? on that throw. Yeah, no, listen, I, I'm I'm with you, Jim, hundred percent. And you know, on that play, Allen did not set his feet, but I mean I am and I'm not telling, giving you an excuse for it. I think that's just the reality. The guy didn't set his feet and he didn't make an accurate throw and Last week he had one on third down where he's turning around and doesn't hit uh get his hips around and throws one in the dirt too. It's two weeks in a row. Um I they he just he needs to be a little bit better in those crunch time situations. And today he was not good um when they needed him to be good in the red zone and on the goal line. And I agree. I'd like to I think I'd like to see them run the ball more in some of those situations near the goal line. It's third down and you know you're gonna try to go for it for two. Try running it again. You know, turn around and bring Zach Moss. You you drafted Zach Moss in the third round and he's supposedly making guys make business decisions. Um and you know, I think for me, I, I, they're just there was nothing you know, throwing two consecutive times there. I hated that. But that that they threw the ball to get them in that situation. They were gonna throw the ball to get them out of this situation. And I think that's I think that's just the the the, the long and short of it to be to be quite honest. Thanks for the call. Uh let's go to Nate. Nate, you're on the overtime show. Welcome Nate.
3: Hey what's going on Nate? Nothing much man. So, um, I got a question about the Gabe Davis touchdown. You know, I thought that, you know, when we watched it, it looked like in the moment that they might have had an opportunity to to potentially challenge that play right there. You know, I mean, it's full it looks a little different, but, you know, it looks like he catches it two feet down and that's a touchdown and the ball comes out. I mean, isn't that the rule? Like, as soon as it crosses the, you know, the goal line two feet down, I thought it was a
5: catch. If the catch happens before the goal line and he crosses the plane and then he fumbled, yes, that would have been a touchdown. The problem is, is when you catch it in the end zone, you have to maintain control. It's like the, uh, what is it, the, I'm trying to think of it, like the Calvin Johnson play and uh, the Des Bryant play, right? Like when when you catch the ball in the end zone, you have to complete the catch when you go down.
3: Right. And then also on that same series, like I thought that that was a big moment in the game. You know, they just had, like, all dropped down before that play. Everyone was hot. The heat was getting to them. Call a timeout before you go. Like, that's where where everyone, I feel like, is like McDermott, you know, these one-score games. That's a big moment right there. Call a timeout. Give everyone a rest right after that and get something that's going to be – I can't remember what the play was after, but it didn't do anything, you know, after that Gabe Davis, and then it was fourth down. And I feel like that was the game right there. I'll listen to your comments.
5: Yeah, thanks for the call, Nate. Yeah, and it's it's tough. You know, I need him to hold on to the ball. I need Matt Milano to hold on to the ball. Uh, just so many instances in this game where you're like, you know, the missed field goal and the – I mean, just – I mean, t- seven plays in this game could have won you the football game. And how you make none of those plays – Um, is incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. I don't blame any of you for calling in here and being frustrated about any of those plays. They're all incredibly frustrating plays. How this team lost this game is completely unacceptable when there are so many little plays to be made and no one was able to make them. You know, especially with a roster you feel like is as good as the Bills. You need somebody to make those plays. And I know the injuries were absurd today. I mean, going in and Having Taron Johnson is the only starting guy in your defensive backfield, and I think they, I think the pass rush really missed Jordan Phillips today. I think it really missed at Oliver today, and you know I think they needed a little bit more from their edge today. Their their edge did not show up and did not take advantage of a battered and beat down um, uh, Miami Dolphins offensive line. They did not get to Tua enough, plain and simple. And I know that they held him to 212 yards. A lot of that has to do with how much the offense controlled the football in this game the bills offense controlled the football they did not score enough touchdowns they should have scored 45 bleeping points against this miami defense and they scored 19 it's unacceptable it just that that's it to me let's go to chance chance you're on the overtime show thanks for hanging on a whole chance what do you got hey thanks you know of too- chance you there chance give us a call yeah, back here. okay no, okay, here. okay. Here. i got you i got you so-
14: Sorry, sorry about that. Okay. Two of my biggest, two of my biggest pet peeves in football is to go into the prevent or cover two, whatever you want to call it. It's third and a mile, third and twenty-five, and Tyreek Hill is the best deep ball receiver in the league, and Jalen Waddle is not far behind. And to let Tua just stand back there, he could have stood back there after he threw that ball for five more seconds because the Bills only rushed three. What are you doing, rushing three? I mean, those guys are going to get down the field, and and, and, and they, get, they get 30, 35 yards. It's just I hate prevent defense. It's so stupid. And one more thing, you know, it's um, second down and goal, and it wasn't even a full yard. It was like half a yard. And you got Josh Allen. And I, how long have we watched Tom Brady? Two decades plus now. You know, he he doesn't. He's what twenty five percent the athlete Allen is. And and Brady, how often does he just go get that half a yard? You know, you know that's all. Just sneak it, sneak it in. You got three tries. The QB sneak yeah. it in. I mean, it's a half a yard, and you got this freak. Just I remember a few years ago when Allen just jumped and reached the ball over the goal line. Why are they trying to be all cute? I mean, it's it's just the most simple.
5: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Chance. And here's the thing, right? I the thing that's frustrating to me is I, I agree with like the cuteness in the, in the from the one yard line. I don't want to see two consecutive pass plays. I just don't. Like turn around and hand the ball off. If you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win. And when they know you're trying to throw the football, they're dropping guys back. There's no room. There's absolutely no room to operate when you're at the two yard line or the one and a half yard line. And you know you're asking Josh Allen to throw BBs into you know cracked doorways. I mean that that's the reality. I, I just I agree. Turn around and hand the damn ball off, or you know let Josh Allen take two quarterback sneaks. And if you can't get over the goal line, I can live with that. I know that's a different, I'll be complaining about something different, but I can live with you trying to Josh Allen quarterback sneaks or turning around and handing the ball off to Zach Moss, who is gotta be a guy you got to rely on those short yard situations. Just, it just has to be. Thanks for the call chance. Let's go to Bob. Bob, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Bob.
3: Yeah, thank you. We already kind of answered one of my questions, uh, but I'm going to uh, expand upon it uh, uh, and also make a comment uh uh, they were talking about the stadium being built where the sun just shines on the opposing team the whole entire uh, game. So when you have hundred degree temperatures and you're in the sun, the whole entire game, it will wear you out uh, much quicker, which is probably why we had the injuries. We did. My question had to do with uh, the end zone and catching the ball. Uh, From what you had just said, uh, that's still a live ball. You have to maintain possession. So that means technically that if you're not scoring a touchdown, the moment that both feet have touched the ground, then you can sit there and cause a fumble and, and recover the ball. Is, is that uh possible? And that's part of the question I would ask.
5: Uh, no. Uh, you're, and, and for any, in the live ball situation, you talk, which one are you talking about? You talking about the Gabe Davis play? No, I lost you. Um, I don't, I don't. know what play he was talking about. Um, sorry about that, Mike. Um, let's go to. Uh, let's go. Let, 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 let's go to Paul. Paul, you were on the overtime show. Thanks for hanging out on hold, Paul.
1: Hey, Nate. How we doing? Appreciate you taking the call. Sure. Yeah. All right. It's got a couple things I got to say. First off, you know, just with the RPO delayed two second handoffs, just cannot establish a running game week after week with that. Um, I don't understand it. Want to see something different out of it. I just don't. Understand giving Josh an option and waiting three seconds, having the offensive line need to block and that type of heat for over two seconds just for the ball in the carrier's hands. Number two, just can't understand that going into this game, my biggest worry losing was going to be the secondary. And, you know, they played okay. And it just makes me wonder about Ken Dorsey, those goal line decisions, these RPOs, just nothing going on the ground game, making Josh throw 65 times. It's, it's nerve-wracking when we thought this would be behind us last year. You know, he had two good shows in the beginning, but I don't know. I want you to elaborate on the whole Dorsey situation and yeah. what we can do to clear up these RPOs because I just need to see something other than two delayed handoffs like back to back to back to Zach Moss and a fumble on third down. Don't understand it. Need to get my head wrapped around it, but you know, go build and hopefully we get healthy. Thanks, thanks for
5: the call, or thanks for the call, Paul. Yeah, I, I mean that drive, the that is just is that was as frustrating as it gets, and the sixty-three pass attempts, man. I mean that's who this team is. They and yeah, I, I guess I for me I can't complain that they you know, through, that, that, that they didn't run the ball enough and then they ran the ball two consecutive times with zero result and then on third down, the defense is teeing off on you on third and long. The Bills, every single... Listen, the Bills are not an exception to every single rule. In the NFL, you are going to have a very low, a very low success rate when you're in third and long situations. It doesn't matter if you're Tom Brady. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter if you're... Joe Montana, Steve Young, if you have a 3rd and long, if you're averaging 3rd and 7 and plus, your likelihood of success is dramatically reduced. You have to have success on first down. And I don't know that I agree with you totally on the um on the RPO takes here because I think frankly they should have ran more RPO. Um the problem is is what the, what the Miami – the Bills need to find an answer outside of just throwing dink and dunks against this blitz because they just blitzed the hell out of you all day long, and there was only really one response. And when plan A against that defense did not work, they seemed a little befuddled. They couldn't run into it. They couldn't get downfield with it. Other than the first play of the game, you know, when they throw to digs, th- there was no really other attempt to go down past 20 yards after that. And it was just dink and dunk and dink and dunk and – You know, at that point, I think you just try to max protect and hope that Stephon Diggs can win some one-on-one battles and throw the ball up to Gabe Davis in a, in a jump ball situation. And, you know, I just, at the end of the day, it just feels like they lost so many guys in this game. And it just felt like they were possessing the ball. It was almost to their detriment offensively. They were gassed at the end of that game. And that, I think that led to a lot of the issues that popped up at the end of the game, personally. Uh, all right, before we take a timeout, we'll continue taking your calls on the other side. Um, we are going to play back Von Miller. Von Miller met with the media after the game and uh we're gonna play that back for you right here and then on the other side we'll take a timeout and then we'll grab more phone calls. We got a couple open phone lines, give us a shout. Here is Bill's edge rusher, Von Miller, after the game.
10: Uh yeah, I mean they, they play really good, you know. Um whether it was getting the ball out quick or, you know, blocking us up and trying to throw the ball deep, you know, every um, everything that they, you know, everything that they came into the game, um, um, every scheme that they came into the game with, you know, they were successful with, um, you know, can't take nothing away from those guys. They played excellent defense. Um, offense played well. You know, Tua got hurt, came back in, he played well. Um, the receivers, you know, they – They played well as well. You know, you can't take anything away from those guys. It was an electric crowd. Um, At the end of the day, man, you know, I had fun. You know, I had fun, you know. You know, you want to come out with the dub. But, um, you know, I'm extremely proud of my guys. I'm not going to make any excuses. But, you know, to fight the way we fought and to have the injuries that we had and, you know, to come into the game with injuries that we had. At the same time, I'm not making any excuses. Like, they came out and they, they won the game. But, you know, being on this side of it and just witnessing, you know, um, my guys and my coaches and to see the Cedar way we handled adversity, I'm extremely proud of our guys. And, you know, sometimes a loss like this is good medicine. You know, a loss like this is – actually, a loss, is, a loss like this is, is good medicine. In 2012, you know, I think we started the season, you know, one and three, and then we went on a nine-game winning streak, you know, with Peyton Manning. And, so – you know, we started out two weeks, you know, we, didn't, we haven't even met any adversity like this, you know, so, you know, I just choose to live on, a, on the bright side of things, and they played a great game, and it really came down to the end of the game. It was really like one or two plays, and, you know, um, none of my guys blinked, uh, whether it was, you know, uh, the sec, whether it was our secondary or our linebackers, everybody stepped up to the plate each and every time, and, you know, I'm proud of those guys, and even, even though we lost, even though we lost, and the score is what it is, like, I'm proud of our guys. I'm proud of our coaching staff. And I lost like this is good medicine. You know, we get back in the lab. We'll watch this film. Um, we will. Um, we will figure out. You know, things that we did good and things that we did bad. And we'll be. Uh, we'll be ready for Baltimore. I've only been around for, you know, six months, and it's games like this that that really bring you guys together. Whether you win or you lose, I, I was hoping that we got to the end of the game. We scored a touchdown, and you know, we get out there and rush. You know, that's what we we're hoping on. But you know, um, it's games like this that really bring the guys together. And in Buffalo, that's all we have is football. That's all we care about is football and winning games. And a loss like this early in the season is good medicine. You know. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say, like, uh, you know, we shouldn't because we lost. We, we did everything we could possibly do to win the game, and we lost. They played great defense. You know, they took advantage of uh, big plays on offense. to Tua showed uh, extreme toughness. He came out of the game, came back in the game. Right tackle little, got hurt, came back in, got hurt, came back in the game. You know, Armstead played through a toe injury. You know, you got you to gotta give your hats off. You got to, you know, tip your hat to those guys and, you know, things that they did today. They had a great scheme. Um. But you know we we came up short, and uh, that's just part of the NFL. It's a humbling league. Um, adversity like this truly reveals character, and you know, we got a team full of tough guys. And, and there is no silver lining in you know, a loss. You know, a loss is a loss. It's tough, especially you know um, being in the organization that we are in. You know, in Buffalo and the community that we're in. You know, we don't we don't we don't take losses you know well. But you know the thing is, um, we we were. Uh, Reassess this loss. We'll go over the plays that we did good, go over the plays that we did bad, and we'll move forward. Um, got a lot of high character guys in the locker room, whether it's the coaching staff or the infrastructure of the team or whether it's the leaders on the team. You know, we got high character guys like this. Adversity reveals character. This is all just adversity, um, and I'm excited to see how we respond. Real men, you know, they respond to, to things like this, and I'm excited to see how we respond. Uh, that me, <laughs> you know what I mean, I, you know, not me. I, I felt like this is, I mean, I, I'm from, I'm from Dallas, you know, I played in, you know, games like this. Um, and I just feel like, you know, I'm conditioned, you know, for stuff like this and then, you know, they do a great job of rotating me in and rotating me out. You know, I, I tell you what, when I walked out there, um, for pregame warmed up, for pregame warmed up for pregame warmups, um, before we went out there as a defense, you know, just warming up. And I was like, dang, like, God, really got the heat turned up. <laughs> like, Jesus, hot is humid. Like, I just started, I just started, you know, I was drenched in sweat. Like, when I came out there for, uh, you know, for pregame, before we came out there with the pads and stuff, I was like, man, I need to go in there and get an IV. I went in there and got an IV. And you know, I came out and I was good, you know. Um, but I, I really can't speak for my teammates. You know, heat like this and these conditions, like, it, it really takes its toll on, on everybody. Um, we came into the game wounded. And we we lost some guys during the game, but you know each and every guy that was in the game they stepped up. And like I said, there is no silver lining in a loss. Um, but I'm just so proud of my guys. I'm so proud of Coach McDermott and the way he handled everything. I'm, I'm proud of, of Josh Allen. Like we drove from the one yard line all the way to the two yard line and we came up short. Defense came out there. Um, we hold them to a three and out. Get a safety. Get the ball back. You know with a minute and 30 seconds left, like. You know, what, much, what more can we ask for, you know? And we did everything that we could possibly do to have success in this game. Um, on a short week, we came in, um, we worked out, we did everything we could possibly do to, to have success, and we lost. Like, you know, we, we went out on our shield, and um, that's all I can say. You know, watching on the sideline, you know, watching our defense play, you know, Melvin Ingram went crazy. Uh, I think it was Agba, 91, he went crazy. And, you know, that's just the glasses that I that I see, you know, the game from, like, those their defense, uh, Zay Howard, like they, you know, you gotta tip your hat to those guys. Like the football guys don't respect you if you just come in here and say, "Oh, we were we were hurt and you know we lost the game," but you know their, their defense played well. They had a great scheme. Um, they had guys that played through injuries well, and they just they just beat us today. And that's just that's what makes football great. You know, it's any given Sunday. Um, you know, it's, it hurts to lose, especially in this community, especially with this organization. But you know, we're going to lick our wounds, you know, have a day off tomorrow. And I, and I promise you, like, we got a room for the tough guys. And, you know, we get back in the lab and, you know, get ready for for Baltimore.
8: Uh, what was it like
10: having uh, Micah and Jordan on the sidelines? Side? Uh, Micah and Jordan Poirier. Oh, it was great, man. You know, those are our, our, our captains. You know, those guys really set the uh, – they set the foundation for, you know, the type of mindset that we have on this team. And, you know, they're constantly pushing us. You know, um, they, the positive energy was as, a, as a, at an all time high, even when it didn't look, you know, great for us. You know, everybody was all positive. Everybody still believed that we could go out here and win this game and that's what you want, you know. We did everything that we could possibly do to win this game. Um, we watched film, we had extra conditioning. We did everything that we could do to win this game and we just came up short. Like, that's just, that's just how it is. That's what makes, you know, football great. You gotta, you know, tip your hat, you know, to the Miami Dolphins, like, they're ready to go today. Um, they played through injuries as well. Um, and we just lost. Like, that's just what it is. And this is good medicine. Like, honestly, this is good medicine. I'm excited to see how we respond. Real men respond to, you know, um, adverse situations like this. And, you know, I'm excited to see where we go from here for sure. Um, you know you know, we came into the season with super high expectations. You know, me and you know, I I I think uh I'm just so optimistic. I'm I'm thinking in my head, like we're gonna go undefeated, like we're gonna win every game, we're gonna blow every team out and you know the reality of it is, you know, things just don't you know, don't work like that. I still felt like we had a chance, you know. All the way down to, you know, Isaiah, you know, he almost got out of bounds and the, the, the time just ticks out and you know, it's just, that's just part of it. But you know, my message, my message to the guys, I can only just lean on the history, you know, on my history. You know, with Peyton Manning, we started out, you know, one in three, and we went on a nine-game winning streak, and we ended up being the number one seed in the AFC. Um, we played a lot of great football that year, and we we have a similar team. You know, we we got we got a great quarterback, great defense. We're going to get some guys back. Even though the guys that played tonight, they played, they played incredible. Like you couldn't even tell. Like we were missing guys and that's what you want. You know, Coach McDermott had us ready to go. Coach Fraser had us ready to go. Coach Washington had us ready to go. We had a great game plan. Just, you know, we came up short. We did everything that we possibly do to win this game. And we just came up short. Tough games like this come down to one or two plays. And, um, you know, I feel like the way I look at it, I feel like if I could have made one or two plays in key situations, like I could have changed it for my guys. And that's just the world that I, I choose to live in. That's what I can control. And, um, you know, I'm gonna reassess those plays and um get, get ready for Baltimore. Appreciate you guys.
5: All right, that is Bill's edge rusher, Von Miller, following today's 21-19 to loss at the Miami Dolphins. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. We'll continue taking some phone calls here as we get into the evening part of the night tomorrow on WGR. It's Buffalo Bills Football Monday, presented by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. Howard and Jeremy break down the game in the morning, then the extra point show with Sal Capaccio, 10 to noon, followed by one, Bill's Live, with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker. That starts at noon, and Chopin Bulldog at 3 p.m., Featuring Bill's uh, former Bill, Eric Wood, at 4. And at 8 p.m., it's Monday Night Football as Westwood 1 presents the Cowboys at the Giants. Buffalo Bills football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550 Overtime Show continues on next here on WGR. Okay, everyone. Welcome back. Overtime show here on WGR. we got a quick segment here. We went a little long on that last one. Let's go to Bob, who's been waiting patiently here on the Overtime show. Welcome, Bob. You're on the Overtime show.
4: Hey, uh, I want to, you know, uh, touch on a couple things, get your comments. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, Dawson Knox was banged up. We lost Jake Kumaro. Um So, really, that leaves Gabe Davis as our only real true upside threat. I just thought this game uh, – that there is so much pressure put on Allen to just basically do everything. And then when mm-hmm. they got, and I understand that he short-armed uh, Mackenzie um, on that throw, but when they get down, you know, in the inside the five-yard line, I would have loved to see, um, you know, uh, them at least throw some motion, speed. Um, you know, they used to run that speed motion with uh, – With McKenzie near the goal line Mm -hmm. that was super effective I just with the amount of pressure that was put on Allen in this game to basically you know make every single play right it was just I just I would have liked to see a little bit more dynamic um approach to that inside the five yard line and first and goal and that that was to me the most disappointing part of this game
5: yeah I agree and getting Josh Allen some help should should really be a priority you know like Yo, like, he can't do everything every single week. Um, They need other guys to step up, you know, namely somebody in their in their freaking backfield. They need someone to step up back there. Um, And I don't know if they've really been given an opportunity to step up. And that's, to me, one of my biggest gripes is they're just this committee approach is giving nobody an opportunity to step out. And even if they did, would they give them enough carries to, to make it warranted anyways? All right. Time out. Other side, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott. They're coming your way here on the Overtime Show on WGR.